With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, this morning, I'm pleased to say we welcome back uh, Lavina Good. I think we welcome her back to the country as well. And uh, Tom Bartlett is uh, on deck as well. Uh, first of all, uh, Lavina, I understand you've uh, had a little sojourn uh, across the ditch. Uh, but I would imagine you've uh, been watching a lot of uh, fantastic NRL action, and that continues uh, tonight with the Warriors against the Dogs, Blavina. Yeah, I've been enjoying the NRL. It's one of those competitions that even if your team isn't playing well, then you can still appreciate the sport. Um, and there was plenty of go- going on in Sydney, so that was good. And I-, I think now a lot of the response from the Sydney journos has been the Warriors have lost three in a row, and and the reports back here in New Zealand is to keep the faith and the culture's great and Webster's doing a tremendous job, but how many losses until the fans start to turn? So I think this is a, a real pivotal point, actually, Smitty and Tom, for for the Warriors. Um, you know, they've, they've got injuries and, and they can complain about them as much as what they want to do. But when you think about it, the Dogs pushed the Raiders last week and nearly won that one. Um, and the Warriors cannot afford to lose four in a row because that will look really, really bad on paper. There's no Jackson, no Tamayre Martin for the Warriors either, but I'm pretty excited about the halves matchup between Sean Johnson and Burton. So expect the bombs to go up and take half an hour to swivel and come back down again. But uh, I'm hoping Wade Eden might be able to find some form, similar to what the Melbourne Storm did last night with Harry Grant. Like He's basically, I would say, the best hooker in the competition at the moment. And the Warriors really need Wade Egan not just to be a distributor, but also to start really confusing the defence as to which way the ball's going to go and who's it going to go to. So we need Wade Egan to step up for the Warriors if they are going to win a couple of points. The Warriors have beaten five times they've played them. They'll have to stop Reed Marnie from his 40-20s, which he's become an expert at, and I'm hoping they can come through with the goods and, and start cementing that top eight position once again. Good morning to you, uh, Tom. And, uh, yes, it's effectively a four-point night tonight because they, they get the bye next week, which is a guaranteed two points, but sorely needed. That would take them back in the eight. Yeah, morning, Smitty. Uh, good morning, Lavina. Yeah, look, I think... Um, it's interesting this one, isn't it? Yeah, the, the buy comes at a at the end of quite a stretch, and it's probably not quite uh, well. It's definitely not quite what Andrew Webster and the Warriors were were hoping to head into the buy on the back of sort of three, possibly four uh, defeats. But I think there's been enough. I mean, I know that um, they, you know you get the points for the buy, and and that's all well and good. But there's been enough to think, even if they don't get the the chocolates tonight, that they've, they've, they're doing enough to kind of suggest that they are going to be a, a top eight team. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and make a prediction about where in the eight they're finishing. I think at the moment, based on the clubs that we're watching and the competition, it's a really close competition. And the Warriors are right there or thereabouts. Yes, they've lost at three, three in a row, but um, I am keeping the faith. <laughs> uh, Smithy, I'm, I'm, kind of, uh, I'm not panicking at all. I mean, they've beat, lost to Melbourne in a game that traditionally Melbourne's you know, just owned them. Then they had to um, 
you know, come back and, and try and overcome a really good Roosters team in the rain. Then the Panthers, you know, the, the two-time premiers. It's sort of, uh, talk about a tough run. And now they've got the Bulldogs. I, I suspect we're going to see a, a different type of game tonight. I hope we're going to see a different type of game. Um, but win or lose, they're, they're going to the bye thinking, well, the first sort of 10, you know, eight or nine rounds of the comp, it hasn't been the worst start to the season and they are doing enough. So I'm holding on to the face, Smitty. Good on you. <laughs> Uh, speak, speaking of uh, Smithies, uh, how about this one, uh, Lavina? Wayne Bennett is being chastised um, in the media for referring to uh, Valence Tefore uh, as Val Smith in the camp because uh, the, of the surname. Uh, hasn't gone down too well um, in today's society, shall we say. Yeah, I watched that interview. I was appalled, actually, by Wayne uh, Bennett's comments. And hats off, uh, Wayne Tua, I think, to Dana Johansson, who has addressed that. It was a really interesting article, and I think it, it needs to be addressed. Over the past decade, I think the NRL commentators have done a really poor job of pronunciating names correctly. And if there's one thing we should be doing as commentators, Smitty, is making sure that we get people's names correct in terms of their pronunciation and showing respect to people's names as well. Um, I really do believe Glenn Lama, who's the New Zealand-based commentator for the Warriors, uh, does tremendously well to get those pronunciations correct, and I take my hat off to him. And then you've got someone like Andrew Voss, who can hardly pronounce half of the New Zealand Warriors' names. And for the first decade of the competition, I think they called Manuvatuvai, Manuvatuvai, and in getting his name incorrectly as well. So I think it needs to be addressed, and I, I do see it as a, a blatant statement. I guess not of racism, but disrespect to, to players and their names. So the least he could do is get his players' names uh, correct. And also the commentators really need to focus heavily on some other names. And no one's saying to Maya De Martin, they're all saying to Maya Martin, and it's just a show of disrespect. So we've moved on from that way, and I think there's only one way of saying a name correctly, and that is to pronounce it correctly, and it should be done by the coaches and the commentators. So yeah, well done, Dana Johansson, for addressing that. I'm proud of her. Okay, right, uh, Tom, let's uh, pop across to Super Rugby action this weekend. Uh, and it's the Blues, the Crusaders, uh, as I think the match of the round, it's uh, fair to say. Does uh, this prospect excite you in the Super Rugby in general? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this one does. Uh, there's a few uh, matchups this weekend uh, that don't. <laughs> I can tell you that much for free. Uh, but this one definitely does. I've had it circled for a few weeks. I thought that the way the, the season was panning out, um, you know, that the, Cru- the Crusaders were going to have to go down and play, you know, play the Chiefs ahead of this game. And so it was going to be a bit of an acid test. The Blues haven't been that sort of dominant force of, of last year. And they're both sitting sort of, you know, mid mid in the eight, if you like, sort of in the four or five position. And um, if you're going to make a play uh, in terms of climbing up those that, that those spots, then this is the time to do it. I think the Blues have, have got their work cut out. Um, they were obviously a bit scratchy and struggled against Moana Pacifica uh, last last weekend. Uh, and the Crusaders are back at home and, um, and you know, starting to build. You, you like to think into something that at this time of the year, this is where the gears go up for them. So I think it's an enticing matchup. I think the Blues uh, have a lot to play for. Uh, and as to the Crusaders, when, you, when you're thinking about at this stage, and it does appear at this stage that they're all playing for second on the ladder uh, with the Chiefs, you know, building a fairly commanding lead at the top. So uh, where you land in that top four in terms of the home quarter, home semi, uh, this could be a, a decisive factor in that. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, Smithy, but there's a few games this weekend I'll probably give a miss. Okay, uh, and it's uh, coming up to 10.30. Uh, we'll get uh, Lavina's opinion on uh, Super Rugby um, after the break. We've got to go to the news with Araha, and then we'll be back for part two of the panel. Lavina Good and Tom Bartlett, our guests this morning.
1476am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Making SCNZ news this hour, a homicide investigation has been launched after a man died in Palmerston North late last night following an incident on Dahlia Street. An Auckland councillor says a massive rates hike for the city could be avoided by selling off Auckland Airport shares following Mayor Wayne Brown hinting at a 22.5% rate rise. And the Mayor for the Far North says his community's priority is roading as it needs $186 million to fix the roading issues following heavy rain in Northland. SENZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Download the SENZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Catch the best of live racing. Download the TAB app today from our partners at Harness Racing New Zealand. Classy three-year-old Don't Stop Dreaming will start a short-priced favourite in tonight's Garrett's $150,000 Group 1 size stakes final at Addington. And from our partners at New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, recent New Zealand Racing Hall of Fame inductee Opie Boson will ride at Morfittville in South Australia for the first time in his career Saturday in the South Australian Derby. More inside 30 on SENZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SCNZ Radio.NZ. Partly cloudy, isolated showers clearing this morning, a high 16 and a low 7. Welcome to your home for the Rugby World Cup, where we'll have live commentary of all the big games from September 9 on SENZ or download the SENZ app. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 10.31 here on SENZ. Lavina Good, Tom Bartlett with us on the panel this morning. And Lavina, while you've been away, uh, the Chiefs have not disappointed, still unbeaten. Team mate, I love the Chiefs. They're the ones. They're the ones you've, you've got to keep an eye on. I reckon they'll, they'll continue on their merry way, and they've got the support of the family Fano uh, all throughout the Waikato, which is really great, and including the they have plenty. But I agree with Tom. The the match of the round this weekend definitely has to be the clash between the Crusaders and the Blues. And it seems like yesterday. We were talking about the round four clash at Eden Park that obviously Canterbury won 34 to 28. Back then we talked about it being one of the greatest rivalries, if not just in rugby in New Zealand, in, in sport in New Zealand in general. But the thing that stands out for me is, is McDonald saying to us that Sheck will not be named and he's obviously going for Plummer because of, he's got a wider breadth of skill and his playmaking relationship with Barrett is outstanding, etc., etc. But a little bit of transparency and honesty would be great from McDonald just saying, well, he's turned his back on the game. He's going back to rugby league and we don't really want him in the club anymore. I would find that really refreshing. But that statement won't come out prior to this match. We will not see Tuovasashek playing for the Blues. And there's a lot riding on this match, obviously, not just with the round four clash, but with the final from last year. And, and they're both, you know, neck and neck in the competition, just like what Tom said. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one and hoping that the Chiefs continue uh, to dominate this competition and they can go all the way. Tom Bartlett, um, New Zealand Cricket, uh, have to find a new CEO. David White uh, announcing uh, just a couple of days ago that um, he is stepping down after a very long tenure. Uh, what will his legacy be for you, Tom? Yeah, look, I, I, I've been reflecting on this one, uh, Smithy. You've obviously been a, been a cricket lover uh, like yourself and thinking about the time that he's been there. I think uh, one thing that stands out for me clearly is that David White has done a, a really good job at the table when it's come to uh, the BCCI. And I, I 
uh, I, I t- marked that, I suppose, because, um, you know, India is such a powerful force. We all know that in, in world cricket. But you've kind of got to tip your hat that, that we haven't been left out in the cold. Um, um, well, you know, we haven't been left out of the cold in terms of our games against India. And, and they are. The, they, they have the power to pick and choose who they want to play. And I think, um, yes, he's probably had to seed a lot in terms of that relationship, David White uh, bringing the Black Caps to the table, but he's been able to say, look, I've got a, a performing team here and we want to play you. And, and I don't think that's necessarily something we should overlook um, that, that easily, that, um, that it's just a foregone conclusion that India would come here and we'd be involved in tours. I think you've got to work at that relationship. And, and I, I feel like that's, that's certainly something that David White has done well. He's been able to use the success of the Black Caps to, to get himself into a position and get the team in a position to play India, and with that, of course, comes not only the chance to play one of the great cricket nations of the world, but comes the revenue and comes the ability to, to build the game from a fiscal point of view. So um, I think that's one of the things that New Zealand cricket um, will probably look back over the years. Yes, David White has been in charge of New Zealand cricket at a time where uh, the Black Caps in particular have been uh, at, a, at obviously an all-time high in terms of their, their success on the field uh, with the World Test Championship win, the highlight of that. But uh, for me, it's, it's more you know the relationships that the CEO builds because you can get once-in-a-generation players at any time and that's not necessarily the work of the CEO. But it's more what has that CEO done to make the most of that and I think David White deserves some credit for that. Right, uh, Lavina, um, New Zealand cricket at an interesting stage. Looks like we might get Trent Bolt back uh, for the World Cup. He sounds pretty keen. Um, so that's very, very good news. We've um, got to decide on a skipper without uh, Kane Williamson, it seems. Um, what about New Zealand cricket at the moment? And David White for you. Yeah, I think he's done tremendously well. And I agree with uh, what Tom just said about the relationships that he's formed. But I think in terms of bold, it really is for New Zealand cricket perhaps opening up a can of worms. I mean... We're, we're all aware that Trent Bolt wants to return to to play for the Black Caps, but then would other players, some of the best players in the country, perhaps opt to follow Bolt's path and not sign a yearly contract, which obligates them to play for the national side? We're all fully aware of the increasingly busy international program that the players say that they um, have to embark upon and how much stress that can put on their lives. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I was really disappointed I didn't get to see Trent Bolt um, in the test match against England here in Tauranga. Uh, that was something I was really looking forward to. But whether or not, you know, you say, OK, you can come back but not necessarily have a, a national contract, and that might lead the path for other players to do so. In terms of the captaincy, I, I don't know who, who it's going to be, whether or not they'll go with Tom Latham. I know he deputised for Williamson in more than 20 of the Black Caps' last 46 matches. So he's he's been able to do that since 2019. Mitchell Sandler had a little bit of a go at it in Scotland, but Latham was overlooked when Williamson stood down from the test captaincy, I think, last December. So a decision will have to be made who will captain that side, be it Saudi or Latham. I'd hate to be making that decision, but I would like to see Trent Bolt back with a little bit of pace from that left arm, taking it to some sides, especially at an international level. Right, we're well, uh, coming to a very big world event we're hosting on uh, our shores, of course, and that is the uh, Football Women's World Cup. It will be viewed around the world by many, many um, more people than probably any other event that we've ever held here, to be honest, including the Rugby World Cup, including uh, the Women's uh, Rugby World Cup, including the Women's uh, Cricket World Cup. Uh, this will have a massive audience. 
Yet, uh, Tom Bartlett, uh, less than 70 days out, we don't really know too much about our own team and we don't hold out uh, too much hope for them either. So it's got to be quite a weird one in terms of uh, hosting. Yeah, absolutely, Smithy. It's uh, a real challenge, this. And, of course, you know, I think, you know, in the, in the past, when you look at uh, the way that um, these three, I talk about the three World Cups, we obviously had the Women's Cricket World Cup, the Women's Rugby World Cup, and now the Women's Football World Cup, and they were sort of packaged as a bit of a, three, that the difference between this one is we all knew who the White Ferns were and we all knew who the Black Ferns were. They needed sort of no introduction to the to the public here, whereas this is this is a challenge um, and it's a challenge. I, I still think, uh, though, with that uh, in mind, I still think that when the time comes and New Zealanders will get in behind this and you'll see the big um, international audience, uh, not just watching on TV, but they, they travel. There's a you know, a significant amount of people expected to travel to New Zealand for this World Cup from a from a fan's point of view, which is something we probably didn't get with the cricket and we didn't get with the uh, with the rugby, but just because of the nature of those two sports, football being much more global, you're going to get a lot of international visitors who are going to lift this tournament. And I think New Zealanders, as a as a side note, are kind of going to get on the, the wagon, if you like, regardless of whether um, the, the football ferns do well. But it is a concern, a little bit of a concern that, um, you know, we haven't seen as much of the football ferns as we'd like. They don't have the, the profile or they haven't been able to, to quite get the traction um, that in terms of the public getting to know them via, you know, news reports or media. And, of course, results, Smithy, uh, you know, they, they speak to that. If, you, if you're struggling, um, it's harder to, to get that traction when, when the results just aren't going your way. And they've had some real struggles there, the football ferns have been uh, really battling to find a group that, that they feel can can be competitive at this World Cup. And when I say competitive, that's get them out of the group. And there's some genuine fears that they, they might not do that here. And uh, they've got some time. They've got time, of course. Um, but they haven't exactly lit the world on fire recently. And as a result, we're not getting to see who they are, which is, I suppose is creating what you're talking about, that, that slight apathy when it comes to the build-up. But I think, actually, Smitty, when it, when it comes to the kick-off, when the tournament begins, uh, with the international visitors here, I think Kiwis will get them behind it and we'll, we'll see just how big this is. Yeah, I think they'll get a chance. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, they need credibility here. But uh, I do think uh, just on uh, um, performance leading into it, Lavina, um, I-, I think there's scope to be a little bit worried about this. It could turn out to be a fairy tale or it could turn out to be the other. Yeah, I think there'll definitely be support. Obviously, it's such a, a massive event for us to host here and, and throughout Australia. But there's been some interesting decisions throughout the build-up matches from the coach, Itla Klimkova, and bringing on defenders when you're down by love two against some international sides. And I guess the best thing that the New Zealand media could do is, is basically make Ali Riley the pin-up girl. I mean, she's 35 years of age. She's about to hit the 150 cap milestone. She's been in charge of the side as captain for more than half a decade. She's based in Los Angeles. I think she plays for one of their glamour teams there that is um, called the Angel City and it's owned by Natalie Portman. So all of this information we should be knowing here as sports fans in the country. So get your pin up girl. Make sure that everyone knows exactly who she is and, and talk about how tough the draw is. I know that they'll be playing Norway in their opening game and they're a top 12 side in the world and then they have to face Switzerland as well, just outside of the 20. So it's about individualising the players, getting some profiles on them to generate some interest here. Perhaps, I don't think it will be a fairy tale. Um, this international competition will be dominated by the European teams that are absolutely outstanding. Not to mention Canada, the Olympic champions, and also the South American powerhouse from Brazil. But the competition will be supported. It just would be good to know a little bit more about some of these players so we really, really can back them. 
Lavina Good uh, has been with us this morning. Nice to hear you uh, back on our station, Lavina, and uh, Tom Bartlett as well. Uh, great to have your thoughts as well, Tom. Uh, have a terrific weekend and go those Warriors tonight. Uh, I think we're all agreed on that particular um, match tonight. Got to do that, get that, get the two points from the bye next week and back in the top eight where they deserve to be on the effort and the, the kind of footy that they've been playing. 10.42 here on SENZ. Uh, we shall be back uh, very shortly and uh, we'll focus with Louis on uh, some racing today. Uh, well, not so much today because it's been knocked on the head, but uh, certainly tomorrow uh, where we're looking at Rot- Rotorua, Rota Vegas and uh, New Plymouth as well at this point. Back soon.